What's going on, Whisper Nation? Thanks for joining us here on the Thursday Night Football Live Breakdown. We've got Jacksonville versus Cincinnati here with the Fantasy Whispers. Let's get this thing going. Right here. That's right. Like Austin said, we will be talking the Thursday night football matchup between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Cincinnati Bengals. But if you like that fresh fantasy football content and you want more of it, consider subscribing over on the YouTube channel and giving this and other videos a like on your way in. That being said, welcome in Whisper Nation. My name is Big Travi. You can find me on Twitter at Big Travi TFW. I'm joined by Johnny Game Time Hicks. You can find him on Twitter at Johnny underscore Game Time. What's going on, Johnny? What's up, boys? I, I love how we're all starting to. I know. Adopt it's Austin's just, way of, just, and I'm, yeah. I can't even get it right at all. But if I, I you're know. watching on YouTube, you could see us fail at trying to point at our, except for Austin. Yeah, Austin yeah. knows how to do it. Uh, how are we doing? Thursday doing night, good. week four. Yeah, another we got a barn burner. Yeah, you know, I heard Ian Harditz say he likes his uh, Thursday night football games to be these nasty matchups. I don't know anybody else I've heard say that, but uh, we've had a, de- a decent amount of good games so far. It's almost like staying at a hotel resort that's like in the middle of nowhere in the desert. You know, like when you're driving to Vegas and there's that like weird kind of rundown hotel and you're like, this ain't really shiny, but we're going to have a good time. Yeah, you you have to get your mind. You have to get your mindset there, right? Like you have to get in that mindset of like, oh, we're going to try and have a good time with this game. Hotel California is what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, well, I mean, it, it helps keep that thirst down. That's for sure. Helps keep yeah, that no, thirsty Thursday off, but yeah. there's a lot to be learned in bad football. I know that's a weird statement to say, but we don't go to bad football when we have a choice normally. So sometimes when it is a primetime game that has less sharp teams playing, I don't know. There's something to take away from it. You don't otherwise get Austin Good. urging you to take away from this game. We can take away some of those fantasy knowledge that Austin has over on his Twitter. You can find him at Austin underscore R underscore Sear Austin. Other than trying to make this uh, comparison to a crappy motel, how are you doing today, brother? Dude, I'm doing actually really well, man. It is that time of year here where the fantasy season has enough behind it to measure, but we still get a lot to to, to try to narrative and to try to predict of what's coming up. You know, it's it, we're, I love the actual data that we're having right now coming into uh, week four. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I love Whisper Nation and this community that we have built here. And I want to just remind everyone that if they want to continue to support the channel and support us and keep, help us keep the lights on over here, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash the fantasy whispers. You can show your support at the five and ten dollar levels. The patron benefits include uh access to our exclusive discord channels entries to sports card giveaways increase odds on winning a signed nfl jersey which we will be giving away this week uh though and and bonus fantasy content that's available only to our patrons so head on over to patreon.com forward slash the fantasy whispers today and join the nation so thursday night will kick off week four meaning we are about to be a month into the nfl season guys and I wanted to ask a couple storylines. I tweeted this out the other day. Which of these players leading in their respective categories surprises you the most? So I will start with Austin on this. But first, let me get through these three categories we have here. We have Cooper Cup leading all wide receivers with five receiving touchdowns. We have Mike Williams leading the Chargers with 22 receptions. And we have Rob Gronkowski leading all tight ends with four touchdowns. So, Austin, when I, I tell you those three, which is the one that maybe – uh, you know, sparks up the most. Well, hmm, that was that's weird. 
you know, we've seen this kind of production out of Cooper Cup before. We've seen this production out of Rob Gronkowski before. We just didn't expect to see it again, but it does make sense when you see it coming through. Big Mike Williams, we've been expecting him to break out for the last four years or whatever, and he looks like he's finally doing it. I think when you get these late blossoming bloomers, Devontae Parker's in years past, Corey Davis is in your past, Big Mike Williams in years past, we end up referencing those things years down the line, as I just did. I think that, for me, the Big Mike Williams leading the Chargers and starting off the season the way he has is the biggest surpriser for me from the ones you mentioned, Travis. I love that. I love that. Twitter said Rob Gronkowski. Johnny, do you believe Twitter is right with Rob Gronkowski? Do you agree with Austin here on Big Mike Williams? What are we, what are we thinking? Uh, I am. I'm with Twitter on this one uh, with Gronk, with all the weapons there. I did not end OJ Howard coming back. Uh, we saw in the beginning of last season, we saw Gronk was more of that blocking tight end and they used OJ Howard as the more passing down tight end. And so that was kind of what I was expecting coming in and then seeing him, you know, lead this and in, and in, uh, in touchdowns for the tight end position. That one's surprising to me um, because I, I did not expect it at all. And it looks like it's, you know, I don't know why I didn't look at it more like that touchdown, like the tight end to uh, quarterback touchdown uh, and all that. Uh, but that would be where where I would go and say, because, you know, I, I, I do want to throw this out there. I have Mike Williams as my dark horse wide receiver one. Uh, over the summer when Big Travi asked me a question like that. So uh, that is cool to see, uh, you know, see him put it on paper, put him in that position. Uh, I do think that he will continue to be uh, a really good fantasy wide receiver for you. Whisper Nation, we are going to remind you here that you we will get to all these questions at the end of the show. We're going to work through the Thursday night football matchup. So if you like that fresh fantasy football content, hit that like, hit that subscribe, and we will get to those questions at the end here. But we've got to start with this Thursday night matchup which is the Jacksonville Jaguars traveling to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals, who will be seven and a half point home favorites in this 46 point over under. And I think the biggest story and maybe the only one that we really care to, you know, dive into on the Jacksonville side of things for the, you know, fantasy football perspective. And that's James Robinson. I already see a couple questions on James Robinson in the chat. So Austin, you know, you've been a big uh, pounder of your chest for James Robinson, a big, you know, you're very proud of James Robinson, and you should be. He had a great year last year. Where are we at with him? Because I wonder if we're holding on him or trying to sell high after a good matchup last week or a good production last week. So to cut to the answer really quickly, Travis, what I would try to do is sell James Robinson at the value he was at end of the season last year. And that was, I think, a top six, top five wide receiver there, somewhere like a mid RB1. I would try to sell him at that value and here's why he's not actually going to be at that value travis i love what james robinson has done last week and i like what he's projected to do moving forward you know on the breakdown episode last week talked about the comments urban meyer made on jacksonville sport talk radio saying that he wants to see james robinson get to that next level how he's the hardest working guy on the team how he's averaging three to four yards a play which is great but he wants to get him to that next level which we said you know wasn't true because he's actually averaging four to five yards per play motivational tactics we saw coming from urban meyer so i think that james robinson is on the up and up but here's why i would try to sell him for that true rb1 value carlos hyde still does exist travis and he's not as an impactful as a player as we might have thought at the beginning of the season i mean we look at the last three weeks here of carlos hyde's production nine carries week one where he out carried james robinson's 
five. He didn't like to see that, but just two carries there in week two. And then he had eight carries last week, but that was almost just half of what James Robinson had in 15. Carlos Hyde's also been completely removed from the passing game. Zero targets last week, um, zero catches on two targets in week two and just two receptions on two targets in week one travis compared to the 17 targets james robinson has collected only five running backs in the nfl travis have more than james robinson does james robinson's also running the ball very well he's pro football focused the second highest graded rusher behind uh tony pollard right ahead of nick chubb and he's the number six elusive back so james robinson is running the ball well travis but those eight carries last week from carlos hyde and 44 yards it's not an inefficient load. Like, it's a pretty decent spell job he has. And if you go back to last year, though, James Robinson didn't have a spell job behind him. It was Chris Thompson, who was hurt all the time, and then got jumped by James Robinson as is. There, This year, it is different. But people are going to see that pop in week three and think that he's back to where he was. He's never going to be that way. So to round out this James Robinson rant, I would try to trade him for RB1 value. If you can't get RB1 value, though, I just ride him out as a strong RB2 the rest of the season. Like, it's going to be fine, but you might get people who think he's worth more than he actually is because they do forget that Carlos Hyde is still there. That's what I would do with James Robinson. Enjoy him if you got him, but if you can get RB1 value for it, go ahead and, and take that take that profit. I don't, I don't know that you would be able to get James Robinson for an RB1 value. Like, he's RB18 right now. He had... He did have a good game. He looks like, uh, to your point, he looks good. But like, I don't. Who? Gonna, like, you're gonna, you're I'm not going to be able right to get, huh? I'm getting chats right now. People are coming at him for me in our chat threads right now in Dynasty, and they're just yeah. looking at him like they looked at him last year. Like, well, Dynasty would saying. be a different story. I do think in Dynasty there is a lot more value there for sure, yeah. um, because you know, again, so maybe, he's he's can be traded relatively right. soon, or this coaching staff could be gone next year. You know. Um, but it's just as far as, you know, redraft goes, I don't know if you can necessarily get an RB one back, but I don't mind like taking him and pairing him with another piece that you have to then upgrade your position, like use him and another piece to try to get Jonathan Taylor right now, or use him and another piece to get like Antonio Gibson right now. I think I'm if just, you I'm do something like that. Try to sell him on last year's narrative right now. Cause those are comments I hear coming in from our leagues over there. So and I, I it's like, Johnny, I, I just think that you should try to value. I mean, maybe, maybe the answer in redraft is actually to sell them for more of a wide receiver. You know, mm-hmm. maybe we're, we're not going to be able to get one for one value at the running back position, but maybe you're able to get him for an upstart wide receiver. Maybe, you know, would you go and trade him for a Mike Williams who we've talked about as a wide receiver one right now? Like, would you get Mike Williams oh, yeah. back for James I, Robinson? I don't think you could do that though. I don't think someone, I mean, if you could do I would, that, I would I make that trade. I wouldn't give up James Robinson for Mike Williams. Really? No. Oh, I would take Mike Williams. And and is that just a, a lack of trust on Mike Williams on that side, Austin? Mike Williams has had a nice three-game start. Keenan Allen is still over there. We like to get really excited on these types of performances. Mike Williams is often hurt. Mike Williams still has Keenan Allen above him. James Robinson yeah. looks like a true lead running back for a team that wants to see him run the ball more, who just had a great week last week on a great He played 59%. Yes, sure. Carlos Hyde in front of him. Like I, I understand he has Keenan Allen in front of Big Mike Williams. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think we found the right pressure point as far as what we're going to be talking about here. So interesting uh, to see what you could get out of James Robinson. Definitely some uh, a polarizing player here. Let Johnny, us know I in the talk- comments below if you end up uh, trading James Robinson, what you get. 
Yeah, Johnny, uh, when we look at this, maybe it's James Robinson and and not really much else to trust in the Jacksonville offense, although we know these wide receivers are going to get volume because we know the team is going to be down in a lot of games. Vegas projecting that again this week. Probably won't be many games they're favored in, if any. So how do we look at these wide receivers? Are we trusting any of them at this point in this particular matchup? The matchup actually is not a bad one for these wide receivers. Cincinnati giving up the 10th most yards to opposing wide receivers. They're giving up 24 fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers. So the matchup on paper doesn't look bad. Uh, It should be a somewhat shootout kind of, you know, uh, dictated by like, that's usually how the Jags have been uh, through, through this uh, first few games, you know, there should be from behind. So there could be some, some fantasy points to be had. I should say, if I had to throw one out there and have the most confidence, it would be Marvin Jones. He's the number one there. Uh, when you're looking at it from not only snap share, he's getting 91.8% there. He's seeing nine targets a game, which is the most of the three wide receivers. Uh, and he's also seventh in air yards with 244. Uh, so if I had to pick one wide receiver to play in this uh, for the Jags, it would be Marvin Jones. I did want to mention DJ Chark, Snapshare 86, slightly below Marvin Jones, uh, but he is saying 7.3 targets per game, and he is eighth in your air yards with 242. The major piece here is just the inconsistency uh, uh, that you're seeing from Trevor Lawrence. And then, you know, LaVisca Chenault, uh, the problem with him is he's on the field. He's seeing a decent amount of targets, but his yards per attempt is only 4.8. So nothing interesting there or, or uh, any reason to start him. But uh, I do think that you can throw Marvin Jones out there if you need to. And uh, a dart, uh, you know, we don't like to say dart throw, I guess, on here. We, uh, But if you need to what the heck flex or whatever, Chark could uh, end up seeing pay dirt. They're going to try and have to move the ball some way. I I tend to think it'll start with James Robinson, but then, you know, eventually they might get scripted out of this one. We'll see if Cincinnati plays down or not. But speaking of Cincinnati, we'll start on the Bengals side of the ball with Joe Mixon, who I just wanted to give a little shout out to here. Only Derrick Henry has more carries than Joe Mixon. And Joe Mixon has 15 more than the third place running back in carries. Jacksonville has now allowed the six most rushing yards and the second most rushing touchdowns. And, You look at Cincinnati, eight-point favorites. Obviously, you're not asking me if you're starting Joe Mixon. I just wanted to give you a little bit of confidence because I know he's had a lot of volume but hasn't really – you know, popped as much as we'd like right now. I think this is the spot for him to smash here. But I, Austin, I wanted to talk to you about Jamar Chase because what we're seeing right now is pretty fantastic out of Chase. But is yeah. it sustainable? And can Chase be this elite option for the Cincinnati Bengals? He can be. He, I don't think he is right now, even though he's the number four overall receiver in fantasy football and standard formats. I'll be honest here. I started off this research, Travis, looking to fade on Jamar Chase. I do have a propensity to try and look the other way when it comes to rookie performances at the wide receiver position. I just traditionally have not trusted them, but it's a new era in the NFL. And moving forward, I'm going to be looking at which rookie wide receiver is the one to target, which is the Justin Jefferson or the Jamar Chase of this season, you know, moving forward. Jamar Chase is the number 23 overall wide receiver in receiving grade per pro football focus only rookie at that level um he's got four touchdowns right now in three games that's great what's a little concerning is he's got four touchdowns in three games um you think that is possibly overinflated, but then you're also like mm, this maybe even this levels out he's got a great start here with four touchdowns just through those three games he's also got the most air yards the most yards of any other wide receiver 
on the Bengals. Um, I don't think he's elite right now, but I feel comfortable calling Jamar Chase a high-end wide receiver too today, and he's also climbing. What he's done with the targets and the receptions is really efficient, but he hasn't caught more than five targets in a game yet. So that leads me to hold back that higher level praise. But again, what he's done with those targets has been really, really impressive. Kind of reminds me of an A.J. Brown, his rookie season there, but even possibly at a, at a bit higher of a level. Can't wait to watch what Jamar Chase does the rest of the season. And I'm excited about him this week here going up against Jacksonville and their 28th ranked pass defense. He'll have opportunity. And does that make us, I mean, obviously T Higgins, we got to watch. I don't think he's going to make it into the lineup this week. He's got the shoulder issue, but what about Tyler Boyd who had a nice bounce back week in Higgins absence last week? Yeah. Tyler Boyd is that number three wide receiver. We talked about it before, but with Higgins being out of the mix, he's going to be bumped up. Um, I'm liking him more in this matchup, Travis, but through three games, Tyler Boyd is looking kind of touchdown dependent, and that stayed true last week as well. He's a nice flex play. I I consider rolling him out this week with T. Higgins down, but if the team is as is, he's the third wide receiver, and the two above him are pretty special. Johnny, are we okay targeting Joe Burrow as a streamable option this week? This is a nice matchup against Jacksonville. You could see them get scripted out. It could be, you know, he, they may not even need Burrow to do much in this one to take care of uh, Jacksonville. Got you muted here, buddy. So excited about this uh, yeah. that I uh, jumped in here with uh, without even checking my mic. All right, so here's what's interesting about Joe Burrow uh, and and looking at this on match or you know when I first saw the question I was like yeah of course you know they're Jack it's Jacksonville uh, you would you should be able to throw out him as you know some kind of low end uh, QB one higher end QB two, but here's what's wild. The Jacksonville Jaguars, believe it or not, have yet to allow a single quarterback to throw more than two touchdowns in a game. Jacksonville has also uh, had the highest QB finish against them this season would be QB 11. And I understand you're thinking you're like, oh, well, they can't have like maybe you just play like a bad schedule, like the easy. Well, they played Tyrod Taylor. OK, I'll give you that one. You know, Tyrod, we didn't expect him to do whatever. You could say that was a, a better game for Tyrod. Then he'd play Teddy B, really consistent quarterback. You're still like, I, I haven't had you sold. You're still you're like, you're like, Johnny, this isn't that that shy. Kyler Murray was the other quarterback that they held uh, to QB, you know, Kyler Murray coming in QB1, QB1, and then uh, drops all the way down against this defense. The other side of it, Joe Burrow, he's uh, never had, or he has yet to throw for three touchdowns in a game, and he's only thrown for three touchdowns two times in his career. So I did, I found those as wild stats, uh, and I thought they were a little, um, you know, kind of against the grain of what we would expect or, or think. And so, yeah, I don't think uh, I would be playing Joe Burrow in this game, even though it looks like a decent matchup, unless it's a, a two quarterback league. And then I think he's like a mid tier QB two. Austin, you're muted as well. We, we can, I, get pulse, I get a pulse check here on Joe Burrow and here, let me yeah. frame it in this way. Comes over from Ohio state to LSU. Joe Brady is overseeing his development. The dude balls out. I'm sure we've all heard the story of Joe Burrow's dad putting down like that $2,000 bet on who's going to be the Heisman for this year, you know, a million to one odds or whatever it was. And Joe Burrow hits and wins the national championship and has the dope cigar smoking moment and has the great speech about the, the um, shelter in his home or the food bank 
there over in his home. Compassionate, amazing guy. Amazing season. Leads LSU to one of the greatest college seasons of all time, right? Number one pick comes in. Bad team. They're the number one team picking. Bad team. Chucks the ball 60 times, 60 times. Bad line, getting sacked. We're not really giving him uh, – we're, 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 we're saying it's not all your fault, right? It's these things. Now we're seeing Joe Burrow in a different situation. And to Johnny's point, he's never actually thrown three touchdowns in a game. So is Joe Burrow this game-changing playmaker or is he someone who had a really, really bright window and we just expect to see that bright window continue and develop from there? What's yeah, I think you're – I, I would I would say there are things that are in Burroughs game that you like, hence why they're successful this year so far. They're able to beat bad teams. You know, they're able to do things they need to do. Is he going to be the fantasy guy we want him to be? I don't think so. Not right now until this line can get better. And right now it's tied for second again this year in sacks allowed with 10. So again, it's not getting it done. And I just don't think that's enough. He doesn't have the legs to overcome that as some other quarterbacks do or the creativity right now to overcome that. So maybe we're just seeing, you know, until this line can be what we want it to be, this team is going to be, you know, more of the middling team than, than, and he's going to be more of a middling quarterback. I did want to ask you guys, we'll play a little Would You Rather really quickly. Derek Carr or Joe Burrow this week? Derek Carr. Sam Darnold or Joe Burrow this week? I would go Sam Darnold. Oh, that actually, yeah. Against Dallas. I would go Sam, yeah, I would go. Dallas actually has a really surprisingly good defense. Uh, when I was you when we were doing, I do, I do Six actually Six buy quarters it. worth. Well, I'll buy it. I the reason I buy it is because that be, that defense is built for that offense. Uh, and and what I mean is that they're built to play with a lead, which which obviously Dallas can do a lot because they have a good front seven and then Diggs is really coming alive and they're kind of ball hawks so uh i that's why i do buy into it uh with Dallas. so all right i got two more for you austin i'd probably go burrow joe burrow or ryan Tannehill without those weapons because Tannehill looks to maybe be without julio and joe burrow i just feel so empty inside starting ryan Tannehill right now (laughs) and then joe burrow versus teddy b give me teddy b teddy teddy b and the the denver Denver's uh, playing, yeah. Denver's playing Baltimore. They play Baltimore. Baltimore's still like they're they might not be as scary as they deserve to be getting credit for, but I'm still a little bit nervous going up against going up against um, John Harbaugh and the Ravens. Yeah. I think I would go Joe Burrow on sex appeal alone. So, and so I we do play. have we do have some spot starts. It's an interesting question here. I want to get to all these interesting questions in the chat with whisper nation right now. I want to thank everybody that's in here in the chat with us popping off. Make sure you you hit the video with a like we've got Alexander, Rob Navarro, Corey Bolt, Amanda Roybal. We got Nick in here hops in my cup. We've got a bunch of great people in the chat. Let's get to some of these questions and we'll start with one pertinent to this matchup. Any confidence on James Robinson? Uh, Austin, you answered a little bit of that. I'm thinking him between Corey Davis or Jacoby Myers at flex. And I think that's actually probably the right call yeah. would be yeah, Robinson, so. right? Right, Austin? I'm taking James Robinson over Corey Davis for sure. I'm going to be fading every Jets player I possibly can. Jacoby Myers, we've talked about his yards after catch. They haven't been great, but last week was the best that he had. He had like just under 100 yards. He led the team in targets again. I think he's going to climb up. I actually want to know what Johnny thinks on this one because he was a big fan of Jacoby Myers, but then he softened his take after the yards after catch. Data comes forward. He's against James Robinson. He's heard more things about James Robinson. Where where, where do you kind of put these two, Johnny Myers or James Robinson? 
I'm still on Myers. It's just been a little bit of a difficult schedule, uh, and they're not as pass happy as I, I was kind of expecting. This week but we should. Right. And uh, so you'll probably see uh, and they've let up, you know, yards to that slot wide receiver. Uh, you saw Cooper Cup just go absolutely ham, which is why I do think that Myers could have a decent game. Uh, and, and Corey Davis on paper has a good match. But again, you're right. You're like, I would I would go Robinson here. Robinson in this matchup. It's a good matchup uh, for him. Uh, and so I would play Robinson this week, but he does have a very difficult schedule or a fairly difficult schedule uh, coming up here. So that's why I also encourage the, the trading. So, so more, more Robinson questions here. What's up, guys? Yeah. What's going on, Rob Navarro? He's he says, great. in He's a full-point PPR, do I start James Robinson over Chris Carson or Kareem Hunt this week? Um, I, personally, I'm just going to say that I wouldn't start him over either of those guys here. Carson looks to be the touchdown guy solely, the guy that's getting the most snaps, and then Kareem Hunt. Uh, we talked about Nick Chubb and Tony Pollard being graded high. Kareem Hunt's right up there in the top five as graded by PFF as a, as a runner this year. So looking really good, and Cleveland just so run heavy right now. Mm-hmm. Corey Bolt asking, Austin, I'll give you this one. Do you think Chuba Hubbard is going to be productive in the flex this week? Yeah. For sure. I think that he's going to be really productive in the flex. And if there's reasons to think Royce Freeman is going to be more of a dude than we saw last week, you've got more accustomed to this offense. Let me know. But Chubba Hubbard (laughs) was slotted to be the guy, performed pretty well. And I see Johnny smiling. I do. I am smiling. I, I, here's the thing. I, I, you should play, you should play Chuba, right? Like that's the, that's the right choice. That's the, uh, you know, based on volume, uh, you and you picked him up, right? So you should use him while you can. I will say it is a bit of a trap game as far as um, when it comes to running backs. This is and this is why I'm also by. Do you know that Dallas has given up the few? They have given up in total over three games, 150 total or 100 to be exact, 149 yards total to running backs, zero touchdowns. In total, and now you get Chuba, and I, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just saying that's what they they have actually been really stout against the run. They're the number one team against the running back position. So I know it's hey, it's Chuba, get him in there, and and I and I do encourage that because it is you're going with the volume, and you're saying okay, I uh, but you're also saying Carolina should be able to somewhat dink and dunk down the way, down the field possibly, but. There is some downside and risk uh, to Chuba this week. It's yeah. just so hard for me to get on board with a Mike McCarthy head coach team and yeah. a Dan Quinn, six-year I, head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. I know, but he's a, he's a good defensive coordinator. That was what he was kind of – and that was what he was known for before uh, as, a, as a coach. He coached the Legion of Boom, and he had that one year yeah. over there in Seattle, and that was great. And then Atlanta, you, you start who was ever playing against Atlanta for those six years that he was the head coach. And you're saying, I just, it's hard for me to say, oh, he's a great defensive coordinator. He was, this will be an interesting, it's going to be an interesting game in general because Dallas has, like Johnny said, have these three stellar weeks. Carolina's had some really good weeks, three good weeks against some decent teams in there uh, other than the mm-hmm. Houston game. Like they played New Orleans really well. So we're going to have something's going to give in this matchup between Carolina and Dallas. It'll it's be interesting. Game. Yeah, it'll mm-hmm. be interesting to check that out. Amanda Royball says, hey, hey, Whisper Nation. What's going on, Amanda? Appreciate What's you up? popping in here. Appreciate it's everybody in here. Corey Bolt says, 
My thought on OBJ, keep him for the next three weeks, this week versus Vikings secondary, Mm -hmm. and the two weeks after look like they should be shootouts with Landry out. He should have some good targets. I'll I'll just say this about OBJ, and you can catch the rest on Patreon or over on any of the Spotify or Apple podcasts, wherever you want to get the matchup breakdown. You know, OBJ saw nine targets. They got him involved in a rushing game. Like, they want to feed him the rock early and often, um, and that's the idea, but this is a run-first team. So you definitely want to get in games where they're going to have to score points for OBJ. I think he's around the wide receiver two, three flex option for most weeks when when you have shootout games available. OBJ almost scored this past weekend. Yep. Who do I start of these wide receivers Austin, Tyreek Hill, Mike Williams, Mike Evans, Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, or Marvin Jones? You're only starting one of these guys? Man. No, man. three. He's hey, starting three. This... Oh, okay. Yeah. He, he doesn't three? say that anywhere here, but it's nickel. If... Oh. I would go with Tyreek Hill. The bracket coverage is concerning, but his ability to make a day on one play stands alone. I'm going with Tyreek first. Um, I'm probably, honestly... Jamar Chase, I can't I can't keep my eyes off of Jamar Chase. I think he's just in a really <laughs> nice situation. He's off to a great start. He's the lead dog right now. Mike Evans would be my th- or Mike Williams would be my three. Mike Evans would be my four. Devontae Smith is my five, and Marvin Jones is my six. And I'm not surprised if Marvin Jones actually keeps that just chugga 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 thirty year old play going with Trevor Lawrence. But like, I'm putting him at the back. I would get rid of Marvin Jones if I could for something better and just keep rocking these other wide receivers. But hops in my cup says Johnny in a full point PPR league, which would you drop Corey Davis or Robbie Anderson? I already have on my roster, Tyreek Hill, Lockett McLaurin, Robbie Anderson for me. That's a, it's, and it's easy. Robbie Anderson, not getting the targets uh, that he was seeing last year. He's literally cut in half as far as market share uh, from what we saw last year. And then you compile that with, Thought you were saying but, you cut him in half. I cut him. He's like half. a magician. No, you no. cut him in half. Oh, yeah, right. Watch this magic yeah. trick. Does Robbie Anderson have any chance of having a better set of games with Christian with CMC? Out yeah, I was great um, question, Austin. There because yeah, I got that on Twitter as well. I wonder if they drafted Terrace Marshall to be that slot role. You know, and I wonder if Marshall's uptick actually comes. They also have been talking a lot about Tommy Tremble, um, the tight end who they traded away Dan Arnold because they liked what they saw in Tremble. So it'll be interesting. This is definitely one to watch. I, I would peg that it's probably going to be Marshall. I think they want to continue to use Robbie as the deeper threat. I think that was always the plan, but because of what they didn't have last year and, and the way, you know, Sam Darnold, I think, unlocks a feature of the deep game that they don't they didn't have with Teddy. And I think that's yeah. what they're trying to get at with Robbie Anderson. But I just don't think they've hit on it yet. Do they hit there? I, I don't know. Andre Silva says pick three this week. Half point PPR Woods, Ayuk, A.J. Brown, Patterson or Javante Williams, Austin. Oh, the fantasy glitch is in there. So A.J. Brown is out right now, right? Probably. Yeah, yeah he's probably yeah, most, most likely. likely. Most likely. Okay, so A.J. Brown, that's an easy one to drop. Um, Robert Woods, Brandon Ayu, Cordero Patterson, Javante Williams, and I got to drop one more of those three. Um, I like Cordero Patterson. I do. Um, I like the uptick in Javante Williams, but in half-point PPR, I think, okay, it's it's going to come down, I think, to me between dropping or, or not starting here Ayuk and Woods. 
Woods, it looks like we know a little bit about what he's about, and it's disappointing, but it's still relevant. Ayuk, we still don't know what he is on this 2021 offense. He had a touchdown last week. He's getting more involved. We know the talent is there. We expect for him to be more further integrated into the offense, but they also have Debo Samuel. We saw George Kittle getting a lot of yards. I think he's like two or three in the NFL in tight end yards. So that's looking like a bit of more of a piece over there, which would take away from Ayuk if he's getting slowly worked in. It would depend on if I need upside or floor on this one. And Ayuk, I'm taking with the floor. Robert Woods, I'm it just I just don't have that confidence in his ceiling raising now with Stafford behind center. I think that's who I'd be starting. I think I go Javante Williams, Cordell Patterson, and Brandon Ayuk. Johnny and Glorious P says, "Are there any sleeper handcuffs y'all are picking up?" I picked up Marlon Mack with the idea that he ends up somewhere good for him. Uh, yeah, uh, Jeff Wilson is another one. Jeff Wilson Jr. should be coming back any week now from uh, the IR. We already know what that uh, running back situation looks like. And we do know that that running back or that coach likes Jeff Wilson. They trust him. So he's one that I would say um, is is on that. Um, I, I don't know if Cordero is available. I do like him. Obviously, Tony Pollard and Madison are, are going to be uh, one of those top options for you. Uh, and then, oh, a little bit. I do have one for uh, tonight. Just, uh, you know, a little Thursday just to get him, just to get him. Chris, Chris Evans, backup running back for Bengals. You could pick him up tonight. If anything happens to Joe Mixon, we're knock on wood. Don't want it to. But you could get a major jump on the waiver wire and just pick him up tonight if you have a spot. If nothing happens, you just drop him and pick up uh, one of those other guys that I mentioned. Or J.J. Taylor. He's another one, too. I wanted to ask you guys on this one really quick about my sleeper pick from last week that didn't work out, but I wonder if there's any viability in this moving forward, and that's in Jake Funk. And here is the logic. <laughs> Ceremonious behind. first yeah. carry, too, and then never saw the field again. A six-yarder, right? And I thought not of bad, just like, I thought of texting you right when he got that first carry because I was like, Austin picked him up. I know he's going to be jacked about this. Then he never so, saw so, the field again. So here just was the thinking <laughs> on it. Daryl Henderson's hurt all the time, right? And he's hurt right now they want to get him back he'll probably get hurt again later in the season there is a world where they just shut daryl henderson down because one ailment leads to another ailment and it's just stacking up we see it happen all the time sony michelle was brought in to be that dude sony michelle had sub four yards per carry last week he didn't look that great he had like 23 carries too which is a huge lion share Jake Funk would be that next option. And if they bring Sony Michelle over, and we don't really know what Sony Michelle's about because he's played with five other running backs every other season for the New England Patriots, put in in odd situations. If we get to finally see what Sony Michelle is about, and he's not all that impressive, and he moves down, and Daryl Henderson fades, Jake Funk is that <laughs> next guy. And that's a really, really good offense to have a running back for. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would I would say Funks, I mean, you definitely want to invest in these offenses. I, I would have said Giovanni Bernard had he not got the MCL sprain as well. I thought yeah, him getting 10 targets was a good one. I am holding out a little bit of hope, and this might be a wish and a prayer, but we're talking about sleepers here, and that's Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, look, James White's down and out. Uh, we saw him be a preseason superstar. We saw him run with this offense and, and catch passes. If James White is out, there could be more work for Ramondre, who's been an inactive the last two weeks. So just pick no. him up, see if he he's if he's active, and then go from there. I just wanted to know what y'all thought about um, JJ Taylor. Oh yeah, Johnny's uh, yeah, been that's he's, that's yeah, the one Johnny's I believe been about JJ Taylor that percentage last week. Yeah, I think yeah, it's they definitely they definitely want to use him. Brandon Bolden got used as well. We'll see what what they do. They brought in Raquel yeah. Armstead. 
Uh, it, it's never going to be just one guy, but I think that, you know, investing in someone in a run heavy offense could be, if good. you're going for in the other sleeper handcuff, if you're going for a, an injury flyer on this one, I think Daryl Williams is always a solid pickup. CEH has gotten mm-hmm. hurt. If he gets hurt again, something bad goes down. Jack McKinnon has been non-existent up to this point. I think Daryl Williams would be the one taking that lion's share of the running back load. Yeah, I like this question. We got some great, great stuff here. John Credit says, got here late, Boyd or MJJ, meaning Marvin Jones Jr. or Tyler Boyd, Johnny? I like how we put the J in there at the end. Uh, Why not? I do like, I like both these guys' situations. Give me me Boyd. Give me Boyd because um, slot, he's playing in the slot. We saw what? Christian Kirk did to this Jacksonville Jaguars defense just a week ago, posted over a hundred yards. Um, and, and he is getting red zone looks as well. And, uh, you know, Marvin Jones, like I said, he should see that number one, but I also do think he's a little touchdown dependent right now. And that touchdown could end up going to Chark. Um, so, or, you know, or I do think, I do think that, uh, Robinson's Nick, course. Nick coming for your take on the Dallas defense says that's not really fair. The Dallas Eagles game was terrible script. One run from Miles Sanders, terrible script, terrible defense. I mean, or, they could have used you it. Could, you could have said, yeah, they could have just con- gone to him. They were trying to, you know, maybe they forced Jalen Hurts's hand and that wasn't a good one. Mm-hmm. Hops in my cup says I was offered lamb or Jefferson for Mixon straight up. Should I take this? It's a half point PPR league. My wide receivers now are Woods, Godwin, Claypool, Boyd, Kirk. Running backs I have are Cook, Mixon, Ceh, Hunt. So you would get Lamb or Jefferson for Mixon. I would not trade away yeah, Mixon to get. I those would try guys to do like Ceh. I would try to do Ceh for one of those guys, yeah. like Ceh and some, uh, like maybe like a Ceh and and Boyd even, or Ceh and Kirk. Yeah. yeah, that 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 might be the 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 path right there. Rob Navarro says drop Robbie Anderson for Antonio Brown in full point PPR. I'd be willing to do that. Oh yeah, yeah. pick yeah. him up, yeah. dude. Pick him up. Corey Bolt says, thanks for the input, guys. Got to go, or I'd hang around. Cheers, boys. And Appreciate then finally, you. Andre Silva says, should I trade Woods and Hardman or Drake for McLaurin? Yes. Uh, yeah. Any combination yes. you want to do there is what Faster than doing. a McLaurin yeah. race to admit the, get this deal done. Yes, absolutely. Well, that does it for us on the Thursday night football matchup show. Make sure you get over to Patreon or any of the podcast platforms to get the part one and part two of the rest of the Sunday breakdowns. For Austin Sear and Johnny Game Time Hicks, I'm Big Travi. We're the Fantasy Whispers. We're out. Peace. Peace. Right here. Congratulations on making it to the end of the video. If you still have a lot to say about fantasy football, maybe you want to give Johnny a little bit of crap for his take today, then go on over to our Discord channel and join the conversation there. Click the link in the description below. And if you still want more content, check out one of these videos. Homie, don't you hear me?